to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today, I'm very excited to uh, welcome someone back to the podcast. Second time on the pod. Um, hopefully, it won't be the last time either. Please welcome to the mic, everyone. Professional dominant, content creator, and aspiring consent educator, Mix Eris. Hi. Hello. I feel like I'm sitting on a velvet couch, lots of cameras around. <laughs> People are clapping. I can hear them in the background. You're on a spotlight. Feel the warm light on your face. The, exactly. The adoring eyes of all the people <laughs> of your harem. <laughs> Yeah, it's so nice to be back on the pod. So cool. Welcome back. Welcome back. And and this is like having you back on the pod. This was not the case previously. But now we are ritual chamber fellows. Fellowship of the ritual chamber. We are colleagues. We are peers. (laughs) I was not expecting this, but I'm super happy to be here. Let me tell you, it's been so (laughs) fun. I love it. Wasn't expecting it. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I first got into contact with the Ritual Chamber because Headmistress Shahrazad was generously offering a scholarship to BIPOC, like, wannabe doms. And I guess I just always saw it as this this thing that I would never be good enough for or, you know, and then, I don't know, it was really amazing having someone like Headmistress, like, believe in me and offer me a place in in this space and now I'm I'm one of you and I'm very proud of myself and just like so grateful to to be a part of this community in this way and yeah just happy because I feel like you say that and yet (laughs) knowing you and knowing you as a dominant I feel like you are really someone who does this very thoughtfully like puts a lot of time and energy and work into you know, the way you facilitate kink, the way you, your relationship with kink and with sex and sexuality. I feel like, like, this is a real focus for you. So for me, it's almost funny for me, for me to hear you say, oh, I don't know if I'd ever be good enough. I'm like, you are, (laughs) you are like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I'm like, you are more prepared for this than like most people in the game. So it's, 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 I'm so flattered to hear that especially from someone like you, who I feel like I've just looked up to for so long. Um, I, I'm really hard on myself, not just in, in the kink space, but just on myself in, in general. So it's, it's always nice to kind of like surprise myself and be like, wow, I, I really can do this. And you know what? I'm really good at this. And like, I'm actually a very wonderful, special being. But sometimes I forget that, you know, 100%. I'm a human. Yes. Yeah. We might be dominant people. We might be like those, you know, gods on the pedestals you know people see us that way but like hey i get i get hardcore imposter syndrome specifically when i'm teaching stuff i'm like 
does anybody want to hear what I have? Like, do I really have anything to <laughs> say to teach people? Am I really, like, should I be in this position? So I, I hey, I feel you. I get the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. I guess I'm just starting to encourage myself to lean into this idea that that, um, that awareness and that aspect of humanity is actually a lot more relatable and mm-hmm. maybe people actually are more inclined. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think about the kinds of people that I feel the most drawn to or want to look up to or learn from. Like, they're very rarely the people who are posing themselves as experts all the time that yes. refuse to show any kink in their armor. And I'm really just trying to embrace that now that, like, yes, of course, you know, I have this ability to tap into a very dominant side of myself and I have like really great skills, but I'm also like going through it and maybe, you know, that's some common ground that we can, we can meet on and we can build something together with like a mutual respect for that, like shared experience. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I truly do think, um, of that, like specifically where like wellness domination is kind of concerned. I'm like, I think I I'm a good guide for that because I've like specifically because I've been through my own shit and I'm currently going through my own shit. And, you know, I'm a person that I'm a big therapy person, always have been. And I think that has like armed me in a lot of ways to kind of, you know, walk through this with other people having done it and having currently like in the process of doing that myself. Yeah, I love that you, you're emphasizing the fact that you're, like, still in it. Yes. <laughs> and that you're not 100%. just like, oh, yeah, here I am on the other side of it. Like, yes, I've gone through all of that, but now it's all over. Like, no, yeah. we're, 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 we're still in it. That's not <laughs> how it still... works. Yeah, no, it's not. Not how mental health works. <laughs> nope. I w- I w- sometimes I wish it was, but, but it's not, and we're here for the ride. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of, like, sometimes public figures and sex workers more often than not not they're they um present as ex sex workers right um Mm. and only then can they do advocacy work and you know be a public face and all this kind of stuff um only when they're they've gotten through it and now they're what perfect like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and it's like no that's not (laughs) not not it not it at all no well definitely not perfect (laughs) yeah and I like how you said that though of like I think it's more it's probably more relatable because I've always said that like authenticity I think is going to draw more people to me and my brand and the types of, you know, kinks I play with and the types of scenes I want to facilitate, I think authenticity is going to do a way better job of that than just being that kind of cookie cutter model of a dominant, you know, because those are everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's how I thought that I had to be, you know, I thought that that was going to be the way that I was going to be able to demand respect or make money or be any good at this. And each time I I let that go a little bit more and I'm, I'm more myself, I find that like my clients seem to be a little bit happier and I'm able to remain more present. And I think that what we're able to, you know, co-create together is probably a lot more meaningful. So yeah, I'm just trying to be me. Yeah. And like marketable is the thing, right? It's like, Oh yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Still got to market it. Yeah. And and it's, you know, I, I definitely also uh, have times currently and both in the past that I've been like, you know, thinking that fitting in a box would be more marketable, would be more appealing to people. 
that I may, might make more money. Um, like having mass appeal as opposed to like my niche, unique voice. Mm -hmm. But your niche, unique voice is a big ass laugh. <laughs> the biggest, most, <laughs> I've turned my mic way down <laughs> in preparation. <laughs> I've also become really good at laughing away from the mic. That's a skill. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so true. So what did it feel like to um, come into this uh, industry and be a part of a house like Ritual Chamber? What does that feel like? Oh, it feels magical. I feel like <laughs> so much less isolated and like there's so much more support around me, which is so cool. And I... I just like can't stop saying how how grateful I feel for the opportunity to be a part of of a house and you know I, I when I started doing this work I was you know doing it alone and trying to find clients on my own and figure everything out on my own and now I feel like I've got this little family and yeah I found myself like just feeling a lot more sure of what I'm doing knowing that there are places that I can reach out to, people I can reach out to for resources and support and assistance and getting to meet everybody for the first time during that. Uh, we had yeah, like what, a was that? Group what was that meeting. like? Oh, it was so cool just seeing how different everybody is and uh, how diverse all of us are and how I just like I felt like I was a an integral part of this little piece because I was offering like my own unique perspective um, with kink and you know, getting to bring forward like my my skill set, my interests, and I just felt like a part of something. And yeah, I'm, I'm really loving it. And it's definitely been you know challenging. I'll never forget how scared I was walking into my first session at the dungeon. You know, coming in. Re Let's get into this. I love to hear people's very first scenes. The scenes. I was literally shitting myself. Like I was. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified and it was a medical scene and I don't have a lot of experience with med stuff and I had to get myself a little little costume the day before was scrambling to make sure that everything fit I had my little white shoes on I walk in there and I'm like trying to memorize you know the client's form being like okay these are all the things that they're interested in setting everything up and this man walks in and he was just like such a pleasant like kind guy and he goes you know i'm a little bit nervous this is my first time and in my head th i'm thinking shit me too man Same. like <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this together obviously i didn't tell him that yeah. um but it was really it was really wonderful so we ended up um doing a little bit of an anal examination of course, and of course. You know, there was like lots of lots of lube everywhere and lots of big bright lights and me getting up close in his business and, you know, <laughs> oh, but I don't think my doctor's supposed to look at me like this, blah, blah. And it was just, it was, it was really fun. And afterwards, I just felt this huge sigh of relief and ended up sitting at my, sitting down at the little school desk at the, the ritual chamber has and pulling out my notebook and writing down all my notes about the session. And, you know, I asked him for feedback at the end, you know, yeah. thinking that I might see him again. Like, what am I going to try and remember and implement next time? Like, how am I going to continue to grow this dynamic with this person potentially? And that's something that I have uh, continued as a practice after I see any client. Um, just so I can like reflect on it later and mostly so that I can ensure that I remember any important details that they've given me, anything that I might need to, to put into practice next time. And it, it is getting easier, I'm getting less nervous each time I see someone. 
Um, but today was my first time seeing a repeat client. So someone that I'd seen already that I was seeing again for the second time. And I'm very excited because he's booked like five, five weeks of sessions in advance. Yes. Um, so I know that I'm going to be seeing this guy a lot and I'm not going to lie. I think I was most nervous for today's session because I was thinking, oh no, like we've already worked together once. Like what if I'm not able to meet the expectations for how amazing it was last time and just all of these racing thoughts and... I definitely had to do a lot of grounding work beforehand and then kind of just did a lot of like breath work with him at the start for myself and for him. There's so much <laughs> I want to ask you about here. Okay. <laughs> I love, I love all this. Okay. You keeping like a little journal. That is so smart. Like that is essentially what people in high end service industries do, right? Like if you're a high end um, server manager position, like in food service, that's exactly what you do. You keep a journal, right? So next time they can come in, you can like greet them with, Hey, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, same as last time or like, you know what I mean? You know, their order. Um, you might make, make notes of stuff in their personal life that they mentioned. So you could be like, how, how's the kid or how's like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, just so you can give like this really personal experience and so that you can build on it and just create, create like more and more of a relationship and rapport. Um, the more you see people and then like, also, you know, if this person maybe doesn't turn into a regular client, all this information is still really good going forward. Say if you do, you know, the next time you do a MedFet scene, you know, you can build upon your MedFet knowledge. Um, and like you can carry, even if you don't do MedFet scenes very often in the future, you can still take that information and apply them to other clients, to other scenes, to other kinks um, going forward. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. Who, who taught you that? Where did you know to do that? Or, um, what was the inspiration to keep a journal like that? Um, I'm sure lots of, lots of people are doing it and, um, I hadn't really like come across anyone talking about it or none of the, the doms that I would like, you know, been talking to prior to doing this mentioned that it was something that I should do, but I just, I just figured that it made sense. I don't know. I, I wanted to remember and I wanted to, to kind of like keep my own log to maybe track like my own uh, my own growth and really it was just to remember things about them if they came back um, so that I could make them you know assure them that I had been listening to them that I was absorbing what they were telling me and I, I knew from the get-go that I would be you know spending some time at the end of sessions after aftercare to ask for feedback yeah. and that that was going to be crucial for me to write it down so that I could really think about the feedback later on and reflect on it, you know, especially if something challenging were to come up, if someone was to tell me something that was, you know, that I really needed to sit down and think about. Um, yeah. I just wanted to have reference of it, I guess. Yeah, it made sense to me. Yeah, and I think that's just shows how cut out for this type of work you are, that that's something that seemed, you know, like common sense to you because... Honestly, a lot of dominants don't see each scene as a learning experience, as um, like to ask for feedback. I have a feeling <laughs> most pro dominants would not are not doing that. You know what I mean? Because a dominant is supposed to be infallible and we're professionals. So we're supposed to give off the feeling that we you know, that we know everything already. And that's why we're professionals. But it's not true. Like there's, no. you can never, you can never learn everything about kink. You can never learn everything about sex. 
And you can never learn everything about the way one client does all this, let alone every client, first time clients, you know? So I just, I, I just think that's, that's, that just shows, um, the depth of your character. Thank you. I, I really, I really appreciate that a lot. And I mean, I think it might be helpful then to move away from if someone were hesitant or not feeling like they need to do this to think of it less as, oh, it's that you don't know what you should be doing or that you're not professional. It's just a chance to get to know that person a little bit better. How could you know everything about this person? Mm-hmm. You could, you can't. Yeah. Even if you've you seen can't. them several times, it's like you only see them in this very specific context and you only get this much time together. It's like, you really can only know so much about somebody and you're going to learn every time you see each other. Exactly. I had this one session, I think it was my second or third one, and he was really interested in face slapping and face hitting, which happens to be one of my favorite things Mm. in the entire world. I love it so much. And so we did a lot of that. Poor guy was like already bruising in the face. Mm, <laughs> it looked so cute. Wow. The coloring was so good. And afterwards, you know, we did a little bit of aftercare and I was like, okay, sit down. He's already dressed. You know, we have like three minutes left. And I'm like, okay, do you have any feedback for me? Is there anything that you want me to keep in mind for next time? Mm-hmm. Anything that didn't work for you? Anything that you really enjoyed? Like you can just, here's the floor. Like you can communicate with me, whatever you'd like. Mm-hmm. And he goes, listen, I've been seeing pro doms for about a decade now. And face slapping is always something that I ask for. Mm -hmm. And nobody has ever hit me as surely as you did. You hit me so goddamn hard. And nobody has ever been able to hit me that hard before. And I was so surprised by it because when I came in, you were this very, like, sweet, very kind, like, person. I didn't think that you'd have it in you. (laughs) And I was like, I'm versatile, sir. I am very, very able to, like, come in respect you as a human being when you come in and then beat the shit out of you and then ask you how you're doing after like it's a well-rounded experience you know like I'm done with trying to pretend like I need to be this hard ass all the time because I'm literally not and I don't know how I could actually receive feedback and grow from a place if I'm if I if I'm always trying to be this like hard shell that like can't change I want to change I want to grow I want to get better at this and I'm committed to that I love that. How did you work up to hitting him, like hitting that note, you know, like perfectly? Can you tell me like how you found out how hard he wanted to be slapped? Mm, Good question. Um, So obviously we set uh, the safe word. We were doing the the light system, which I find to be, I think, the most effective for most scenes. Um, So after I warmed him up, I did a lot of like face stretching. So I was like kind of like pulling at his face and like poking and prodding him. And I was paying attention to his breathing a lot as this was happening. So when I noticed that I was pulling maybe a little bit too hard or that the sensation was getting more intense, he would hold his breath Mm -hmm. and his breath pattern would start to become irregular. So that's when I'm like, okay, like something is happening here. He's kind of like losing his footing a little bit. Let me try and sustain it here then. So I notice that his breathing has stopped and I'm pulling at his face. I'm holding it there. If I pull a little bit more and he starts to like lift his body up with me, I'm like, okay, that's probably, that's his limit now. I can, yeah, I can feel there. it yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. And then so I started watching for the same things as I started hitting him. So we started with like a little bit of a warm up where I was just like, you know, hitting at a pretty rhythmic pace so that nothing was too surprising so that I could really watch how his breathing is moving without like, 
shocking him too much. Mm -hmm. And then I would give him, I would prepare him. I'm like, okay, you're counting down from three now. You're getting a big one. And he's like, okay. And the anticipation is building. So I didn't feel like I was giving him too much information. Really, I was using the counting and stuff as a way to, yes, prepare him, but also like to like kind of, I don't know, hypnotize him a little bit. And then I gave him a really hard one, watched his breathing afterwards. And I was like, good. And he's like, yes, good. And then so I could see his eyes light up and I'm like, okay, that's the facial expression that I'm looking for after I hit him next time. I'm looking for that look in his eyes. And when that look starts to change, I know that something else has changed along with watching his breathing and stuff. And yeah, there was one time where I hit him where he like fully like went onto the ground and I was like, okay, he's, he's on the ground. He's like yeah. totally lost himself, but he still had that look in his eyes. And I'm like, and that's probably the limit there. Like he, I don't see fear. I don't see like that he doesn't, you know, he seems okay still, but he's on the ground now. So we're probably going to work <laughs> so down from this probably, point. Yeah, that's probably good <laughs> for today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and we're, get up, get up. <laughs> And then can you continue talking about like where this went, maybe cool down to like conversation, maybe an aftercare after the scene surrounding this to solidify, um, you know, your, your instincts that your instincts were on surrounding that? Yeah, sure. So we did the face slapping as probably like part of our first 30 minutes and afterwards he wanted to be pegged. Okay. So we still had like another whole like, hill to go up yeah Yeah, so we ended up finishing that part and I was like giving him some like light slaps on the bum after we finished pegging and was like doing a little bit of like prostate massaging with my fingers just to like kind of relax him a little bit more Mm -hmm. um and then he ended up finishing um he did some manual um jacking off though we might call it (laughs) and um after he finished you know I told him that he did a good job. He wanted to be uh, reaffirmed, he told me at the beginning of our session. So I was telling him he was a good boy, that he took everything so nicely, so well. I was so proud of him, yada, yada. Asked him (laughs) to sit down on the floor, got him a little bit of water. He drank his water. And then I asked him to massage my calves. So I was sitting down, (laughs) he was massaging my calves, drinking his water. um, And I was just asking him to look around the room. I'm like, what do you notice around the room around you? as a way to like kind of bring him back into reality, I guess. So he was like like noticing some of the different like props on the wall, noticing the little circle fuzzy carpet and just like noticing all things around him. And then I told him to start noticing me and complimenting me because why not? Yeah, you like compliments. Yeah, I love. That's something I love. I've done duos with you. And that's something that I really picked up from you that I think is so amazing. Like (laughs) after this scene, you literally just you tell them that you like compliments and if they could give you a couple compliments and I'm like oh my god brilliant I I just think that's so fun I love it I I loved it and he really enjoyed he liked it yeah and like you know as you said like a lot of like some people like to be reaffirmed after the scene like the submissive people are the bottoms sometimes like that so like why the hell if we like that as tops and dominance why shouldn't we ask for the same thing after a scene give me some compliments you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, so I love it I just love that <laughs> totally makes sense to me so yeah he was he was complimenting me and I was like okay thank you so much would you like a compliment back And I'm sure that I'm going to encounter someone who goes, no, I absolutely do not want that. Mm -hmm. But he was like, yes, please. So I gave him a couple of compliments and I was like, okay, that's the end of our scene now. Is there anything else that you want to talk about when you're here in this position, like beneath me? Because he was sitting on the floor and he's like, no, I'm like, okay, now you can sit on the chair. So we're at the same level. 
and he'd got sorry he'd gotten dressed at that point and then he was sitting at the chair at the same level as me and I was like is there anything else that you need from me before you leave this room now I'm gonna ask for feedback anything that you want me to know next time and now he's like fully like being himself like we're yeah. out of the scene now you know mm -hmm. we're respecting each other on the same level he's dressed I'm dressed like tell me what you wanted what else you want to tell me told me that you know I hit him really hard and he really enjoyed that and he wasn't expecting it and um then he left nice. <laughs> amazing that's all it needs to be yeah <laughs> wow I just talked so much holy I asked you to you're good <laughs> <laughs> I love talking. <laughs> I love talking about King. Yeah, no, it's like I'm, so great. And I'm, I mean, I asked because I'm very interested in your process because I think that's something a lot of people that, you know, maybe newer dominance or whatever, either lifestyle or pro, that's a common question about like, how do I know that I'm getting it right? How do I know my, my read is correct? And, you know, how, just how do you intuit, how do you ask, how do you know what to do, when to stop, how much they want it, how hard they want it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's super helpful um, to people. I think there are so many tricks and things that we could be looking for. And I, I'd love yeah. to hear some of your, some of what things that you've noticed as well. Yeah. Like I definitely know like breath is one, facial expression is one. If I'm like hitting somebody for the first time, which again, like I'm doing now, like seeing yeah. people for the first time, I might be like, okay, I'm going to give you five hits and I want you to number each one on a scale of one to 10. That's what I do. That is definitely what I do uh, specifically. Yeah. Any, any type of impact um, or pain play, really any type of pain play, get them to rate it out of 10 as it's happening. And I make sure to do this in the kind of warming up area of the scene, like off the top, we're in the scene, but we haven't, they probably haven't gotten to like any altered state yet where they wouldn't really be able to accurately say one number or another. Early in the scene, I get them to give me feedback, specific feedback for numbers, that, and then they'll tell me what it is out of a 10. And then I ask how long you know, where do you want to hang out? Which number do you want to hang out? Like prolonged um, time spent. So if they're like, well, that was a seven, and they're like, they'd rather hang out more at like a five. I'm like, okay. And then like in another 10 minutes, maybe, because your perception changes, whatever body part is, is it's on could feel more sensitive as, as you do more pain or more impa impact. So maybe in 10 minutes, I might... Um, do the same thing just to check then where they're at in 10 minutes and then I'll probably let it go and just kind of uh let the scene happen a bit more but that's for sure something I do with when I'm hitting people for the first time or hurting yeah, people I think for that the first that's time. like a foolproof like way to really just ask them I think that there's nothing just sexier than just, just consent and just getting a really good clear read on what somebody wants and I'm just so over this idea that, like, the dom's supposed to know everything, we can't do anything wrong, like, we're supposed to just guess, like, oh, so boring, like, just fucking ask. <laughs> I want to give you a good scene, so help me give you a good scene. Yeah, I you can't know? read your mind. I, I re actually refuse. Yeah, I refuse to I read can and I won't. Because it's dangerous and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's more work for me, so fuck off. Um, I'm the, I'm supposed to be the one where I'm sitting with my feet up and you're supposed to be yeah. doing the work. So why exactly. am I, why are you literally asking me to read your mind right now? 
No. Yeah, no, no. I, I won't do it. And Hard I'm no. noticing that that's a boundary <laughs> that I'm placing not only here in, in this world, but also in my personal life, which has been mm. so interesting that, you know, I've had some really wonderful, meaningful conversations with some people that are very close to me being like, I don't want to read your mind. I can't. I, I, I find this like really challenging and it's not going to bring us any closer together. And please, please use your words to communicate with me. Like this is that. how we can get closer and be more intimate if we can just like talk. Is it, you know what? That's something that I 100% have also, you know, maybe not completely learned from sex work, but it's definitely helped me develop these skills um, because I, I practice them regularly at work. So it's like I've gotten way better at these skills, like the thing of like not anticipating someone else's needs mm-hmm. and, and vice versa, not making someone have to, you know, read my mind or intuit my tone or whatever it is like, you know, um, just to ask, just to ask, how can I support you? You know, uh, active listening skills, all that kind of stuff. I've definitely like really am honing again, currently going through it, am honing at work every day. And it, and it has made such positive changes in my personal life on all my relationships. Isn't this work so amazing? Yeah, truly. And you know, I think people think it's, you know, it's interesting, right? Because it is about sex. I'm not going to erase that it's not about getting off because <laughs> it very much is about that as well. But these two things can coexist, right? It's about yeah. sex and it's about so much more than sex. And sex can all, sex is also means maybe so much more than we think that it does. Definitely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hypersexual person, so it's means a fuck lot to me. <laughs> means a fuck ton to me it's a huge um focus in my life it's a huge um it's a huge way of how i relate to everyone and it, and how i uh, navigate every situation you know what i mean it's massive to me so it's not just you know piv sex for instance or something right it's not just yeah. an orgasm it's like it's in everything. It's everywhere. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. doing a med fed scene right and yes. you suddenly and you're like oh I don't have tons of med fed skills I gotta go buy an outfit like you know <laughs> day before all of which oh my god that's so funny but I was so stressed yeah so like what do you do um how do you communicate that like okay I don't have all these med fed skills but I do have you know these ones and how do you navigate doing a med fed scene when you're kind of new to MedFet. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
All right. Okay. So again, <laughs> I will reiterate the fact that I was freaking out <laughs> because I'm like, okay, so I really have no idea what I'm going to do here. And I, this person is paying for a med vet scene and I just don't know what to do. And, you know, headmistress was very reassuring and letting me know that, you know, this person seemed quite new to all of this, that maybe they weren't hoping for like the most extreme version of what medfet could look like and that I could really hone in on like the psychology of it more than the actual like tangible uh, items or like tools that I might be using because I wasn't going to have access to a lot of it and so I had a look around there saw what I saw I was like okay there's gloves okay there's there's um there's like a what's the thing on top of the the bed the like ties or whatever to like strap the straps the straps you can yes, like strap yes, them yes. down to the bed i'm like okay great so i can like you know strap them down spread eagle them they're I'm gonna like spend lots of time getting them undressed and putting them into their garment i'm gonna make lots of eye contact i'm gonna have a clipboard i'm gonna ask them lots of questions i'm gonna poke and i'm gonna prod i'm gonna like bring the light really close to them um what else did we end up doing and yeah so we spent most of our time doing the anal examination and so that didn't involve me using any tool other yeah, than my hands. hands yeah yeah i just had a gloved hand and i just i really just like spread out the process and tried to stay like really really calm and like make the most out of every make small a meal out of every moment mm. yeah and so we did the anal examination and he was like please like I want to plug I want to plug I want some beads like something put something in me and I was like all right shit okay let's put the condom over this and put that inside and then as that was happening I was like okay I'm going to use the Wartenberg wheel which is like a very easy tool and I'm going to use this to test his other reflexes or like test his sensation like I'm like "Mm, let's test your nipples right now and I was just like trying to trying to be playful and just like use all these small things because can't use needles don't yep. know how to sound Enema. like yeah no 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 yep. idea at the i would Catheter. love to learn yeah. no clue yeah, um no so clue. we were just trying to live the doctor fantasy and i was I just doing this. a lot of role play yep. a lot of dirty talk and um that's how i that's how we did it <laughs> that's brilliant no and that's brilliant i think that um you can really show people that you don't you really don't need much to do a medfet scene to do a really hot medfet scene because i feel like you know some people are really drawn to medfet because of these specific fine skills and activities like needles for instance but i think a lot of people are drawn to medfet because of the general kind of role play of it all right the feeling of vulnerability the feeling of this power dynamic of like you just need to do whatever the doctor is going to do to you and it might feel a little uncomfortable and you kind of just have to suffer through it like whatever it is whatever nuance to this kind of relationship is and it can be as simple as like you know just one activity like the anal exam and as a professional you know you gotta just draw that the fuck out you gotta just yeah. style it out <laughs> you know <laughs> and like i'm a big med fetter so like i'm well aware that you can make it really simple or really complicated with like a million different actual medfet tools and activities. But like it, a medfet scene could be so, so, so simple. And I love that 
you just made a meal out of, you know, this like kind of smaller skill set within the MedFet world. Because you can, you can. It can be I'll that tell you easy. more about what like your simple go-tos would look like. Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, I think both as a bottom and a top, what's interesting to me about the doctor-patient relationship is this reluctance, reluctant compliance. I love that vibe. I love that, like, putting your trust in the other person that they know what they're doing, um, but you're still a little nervous. You're still a little scared. And <laughs> I, I, I just love that. And it just feels like very vulnerable. And it's the true kind of power dynamic of just like handing over control to the person that's in charge. And I also like the nuance. And by like, I mean, love, love, <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's, it's for your own good. Yeah, it's for yes, your own is. good is the thing that I think I use that in a lot of different types of role play because it's just so hot to me. And I think it translates in a lot of different ways, but specifically MedFet, we're doing this for your own good. Like there is a greater good to it. Um, that nuance is so hot to me. So I'll say that phrase like in a lot of different ways or if I'm bottoming for a scene. I'll um, for sure communicate that I love that phrase, but like also like say it to me in a lot of different ways. <laughs> say yeah, it to me give throughout me the whole those scene. Synonyms, yeah. All the ways you can say we're doing this for your good, for your own good. You know, um, just hang on a little longer. Um, I know this might feel uncomfortable. It's just going to be a second longer. Okay, one, two, three, and we're done. Okay, you know what I mean? Just like build all of the role play surrounding I know it's uncomfortable for you it's kind of this detached it's also the vibe of it's it's this kind of polite professionalism it's kind of detached mm. they're you're kind of a test subject but also they need to have a bit of bedside manner so it's kind of this robotic nurturing vibe it's very nuanced but like it's so hot to me both as a top and a bottom <laughs> Wow, and, I love how specific you are about how much you love this. It's very, very... And, like, you know, if this doesn't have to do anything with needles, catheters, enemas, like, um, suturing, any of this shit. Like, the, the thing that I want is, like, something you can do just by talking to the other person, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if I'm telling myself that because that's really how I feel or because I just don't <laughs> have a lot of hard skills yet. That's Either way. I... <laughs> Either way it works, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really in it, all of this, because I like the, the mind fuckery of it. I love role play more than anything, oh, more than same. any any skill I think that I could acquire. I honestly think that role play and dirty talk are going to forever be my favorite. Like, fuck my brain, silly. Like, I love yes. it. Yes, for me, it's very much about words, and it's very much about, like, visualization, like, images, imagery, and yeah, phrases, certain phrases. I'm just like, oh, yes. Yeah. So I, I think for me, yeah, it, that has been the truth for me. I've developed a lot of skills over the years, uh, considering like uh, pro topping, but it, it remains just like the mind fuckery of it all is the thing I'm still attracted to. I could do a scene with literally nothing, you know, no physical anything's around. I could do a, I could do a hell of a scene. <laughs> Yeah, like that's my dream. <laughs> yeah, just with nothing. 
you know? Yeah, that's the dream scene. Like, just with eye contact and energy and voice and words just sounds magical to me. Don't get me wrong, there are definitely, like, yeah, some tangible things that I really, really, really want to learn. I think right now my biggest interests are I really want to <laughs> get good at wrestling. Yes! And doing, like, more body-based, kind of, like, fighty type stuff. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, I think like my dream scene right now that I keep thinking of when I think that I'm ready to engage in that kind of body work would be like a bullying, like a physical, like bullying scene yes. where I'm like the big, like older kid in like, I don't know, in high school or whatever. And you're just like the small little freshman. I just like going to beat you up. Love it. <laughs> I just, I want to do it so bad. <laughs> Yeah, or like a takedown scene where it's some sort of role play where you're capturing someone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are hot, yeah. It's for your own good. Gotta gotta get you down for your own good, buddy. Yeah, that sounds so good. See, you can use that sentence in literally any role play. I really believe it. I really believe it. (laughs) Oh, you're right. Don't have to convince me. I'm going to say it to every single person I see today. There you go. I'm going to try and figure out how many different contexts I can make this apply. <laughs> you know what? I have a scene tonight, and I will guarantee, I will I will purposefully use that tonight. No matter what. I don't know what it is. I have no <laughs> idea. I literally don't even have a form. I have no idea what it is. I'm, I will say that. Just, oh, my God. I love this. Yeah, just, you're like, no That's clue, my game tonight. It. It's a game just for me <laughs> and also for you, Eris, but... You know, thank you. In the moment, it'll be just for me, but I'm gonna say it tonight. I will do it. Yeah, can't wait to read the tweet about it um, about how you yeah, use that statement. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, like a fantasy wrestling scene, bullying scene, something with your physical weight on people. What are some other things that you really, really are excited to do? Either either well, fa- either stuff that you want to learn and do in the future, or stuff that you like want to do tomorrow. um tomorrow i'd really like to go on vacation whoever wants to pay for it let me know that's what i really really want to do tomorrow yeah um but yeah in terms of like skills and interests um honestly needles do sound pretty interesting to me i i I do think that it's something that i i could really get behind or like doing like piercing type stuff i think that that would be really cool i'm really leaning into this um like more alternative aesthetic and anything like needly and sharp just kind of like fits into that for me so yeah. i'm into it for the, for those reasons um i'd also love to hone in all my skills with a whip with a, like a bull whip yes, um, yes, yes to to have that added into my implement kind of play type stuff um and i think finally the thing that i'm like really leaning into is more like cbt stuff like getting a little bit more familiar with some specific tools like um i always want to call it a wrangler but i know it's not called that a tumbler what is it called a humbler (laughs) what is this goddamn thing called hey it's kind of a wrangler i i I get i get wrangler yeah right it's wrangling though Um, yeah yeah so i just need to find you know uh, a loving human, perhaps my boyfriend, if you're listening to this, I could use you as a practice subject. Just so some I can, balls, someone just, with balls. I, just need somebody with balls. Yep. Um, yeah, so those are like some of the skills and things that I really want to do um, and practice. And yeah, I think like my big dream right now is I'd really love if a amazing lifestyle sub were to come into my life right now. Mm-hmm. 
That would be great. For what purposes? Tell, do mm, tell. Okay. What well, I have a lot of wants, desires. Yeah. Um, I would love to have somebody just like at home to be around while I'm doing my work to kind of like, you know, clean up around the house, to give me massages when I need them, to run errands, like doing my laundry, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like somebody to have around and for us to build like a really nice relationship where we both like give each other what we need. And then when I'm like feeling like I've done enough work for the day, I could just like put you into the the shower while I'm showering and drink my like shower water like every time I need to pee I don't pee in the toilet I just like pee in your mouth and of course, of course. I just like use you in as many different ways that I can and you are just great company they need to be a great conversationalist they need to be a good cook they need to have good fashion sense for me to stand being around them um those are my general requirements for the job if that is you if you have apply like base, within yeah apply within you need to have like basic designer knowledge and make a mean pad thai <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh God, do, you, do you know them do you know this person <laughs> I might. I'm, I could ask okay. around. I could always Great. ask. I'm, I'm well connected, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll have some applicants on your desk by the morning. Oh my um, god, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what are scenes that, like, have really energized you, that you're really excited about, that you've done during your reign insofar as the ritual chamber? What are some of your favorites you've done? Yeah, okay. Well, I really did enjoy the face-slapping pegging scene. Yeah, that sounds Uh, fabulous. Yeah, it was really fun, and I was just, like, I was, like, sweaty, and, like, I was just, like, there was a lot of, like, physical exertion. I like, I like working. Like, I like using my body. Um, So anything pegging-wise or, like, fighting-wise, I'm really into. Pegging, all the pegging. Bring me all of the, (laughs) all the pegging. I'm obsessed. I love it so much. My dick his name is Sloan. I just need to use him as much as possible. Um, Sloan's a slut. <laughs> Sloan is such a slut, but like so competent, so talented. Mm, love him. Mm, attractive. Um, so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just like good all around. Yeah. So I really yeah. love that scene. Um, I did a scene a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman who wanted to do a lot more like talking. Um, which I really loved. So we did a lot of like talking about, you know, just like why he found things sexy, why he found things hot. And then I'd be like, oh, like, what about this? And we were doing like a lot of like playing together and like discovering together, which was really cool. And we ended up trying a lot of things that he'd never done before or things that he thought that he wasn't into. Um, But he was like, oh, I feel so safe. I feel so turned on right now. I kind of want to try this anyway. Um, So we ended up doing a lot of CBT stuff that he um, hadn't previously been interested in and a lot of implement use a lot of implements that he didn't typically like so it was really cool to just like see somebody's barriers kind of break down very gradually around me um, and being willing to like trying new things so that was like very explorative and playful and I really enjoyed that yeah. um, there was one other scene that was ridiculously fun I don't think I've laughed this hard in any of my scenes since Um, he wanted to do like a sissification type thing and I was very clear and I'll maybe reiterate it now to anybody listening like I'm down to do sissification but not if it's being used as a degrading thing 
Um, I will only, you know, womanize you if it's something that we are going to be celebrating or if it's something that's just kind of happening as opposed to, you know, making you feel embarrassed about, there's nothing embarrassing about being feminine. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing yep. embarrassing about being a woman. Like it's just, that's not going to happen with me. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But so we dressed him up and he looked very pretty and I just taught him how to model for like 20 it. minutes. Oh, you're the and perfect it, person to do that, by the way. Yeah, it was so fun. The perfect fun. person. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it was so funny. We were just like, I was getting him to pose a lot and then, oh, it was just, it was so fun. I loved it. I think many people could would love to take that class. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I should, we should get more people in on this right now. Seriously, get a whole room of <laughs> sissification sluts who want to learn their ankles. Yeah, That's so it. we like learned how to walk in the heels. We learned some different positions that were flattering for his body. And then we tried holding those positions while um, receiving impact play, which turned Ooh, like, out to so be very stress, challenging. Stress yeah. positions, kind of. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, I was so into it. I love how you mentioned, um, because I've been uh, talking about bottoming skills a lot, um, both on Twitter a bit and like on the pod a bunch. Um, and I think that you are perfectly able to, if you don't really have bottoming skills and you don't really have a lot of experience um, doing your kink with another person, I think that's a lovely thing to book a professional to do an exploratory type scene, like, like you talked about in the middle one you described there, um, where it's really just the two of you kind of, um, you know, exploring together, trying out new things. Um, I think that that is a really great way to do it if you are absolutely transparent about the fact that you don't have bottoming skills. Um, so that we know as tops uh, what we need to do to make this an ethically responsible scene, you know. Such a good idea. Yes. Do you ever find that like someone who's really nervous about booking a session because they're very new end up going for the consult option but then get so freaked out from the consult that they don't book like this sounds like a really good like middle ground where you can try to kind of treat it as both in one where yes. we don't have to be in scene this this whole time necessarily mm -hmm, we can really mm -hmm, use mm -hmm. this as a time to play and explore and we can you know jot down the things that you really love we can go deeper into them at a later time but like let's just try a whole bunch of things yeah absent of like any real power dynamic other mm -hmm. than this is you know my space and i'm welcoming you into it but like we're not doing any added power dynamic we're there's no safe words we're talking to each other exactly about i love that i think that's such a good idea yeah and it's the intention of it is to learn so it's yeah. as exactly as you said, it's like part consult and part scene. It's like a practice scene almost. It's like sexy self-study time. Yeah, it's like a training wheels scene. It's like a, yeah, it's like a kinky class, a hands-on learning experience. <laughs> because I, I think I like talk a lot about like how subs and bottoms should be doing work. You know, how they should be learning about themselves. They should be developing communication skills surrounding their boundaries and their wants, needs, and desires, and doing consent work for how they approach doms and how they, you know, relate to dominant people, both in scene and out of scene. I do a lot. I, I talk about that a lot. 
because I think it's very important and I really do want to encourage people to do the work you know and not just show up with nothing and want to do a scene that's like expected to be amazing yeah like you have no bringing nothing to this table dude yes or that's like really hardcore or intense in some way and it's like no I won't like if I knew how you know how inexperienced you are that's not something that I want to do ethically like I'm not you know if I can't trust you basically uh the to navigate your own boundaries and I can't trust you to communicate with me then I don't feel good about doing it so I'm not gonna but the intermediary kind of thing you can be doing if like you know you're on your journey at the very beginning of your journey of learning all this stuff is to do scenes in this way that's kind of like this little training wheel scene you know I love it. I hope most uh, more people are willing to do that and that we inspire somebody through this. Yeah, and not to inf- infantilize it by saying a training wheel scene because it's a great, amazing thing that I would encourage lots of people to do. Well, you've got to start somewhere. But you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. And you might as well do that with a professional, someone who you can, who's, you know, knows what they're doing as opposed to, like, with some random play partner that you're hoping is going to be able to to give you what you want and listen to you when you say no or need modifications like so how do you um i want to know because i know you do have an interest in self-work and self-care i want to know what you do to take care of yourself throughout this whole these these processes of doing scenes with people professionally what do you do to take care of yourself both after a scene maybe as a part of your own aftercare or like just a wider kind of self-care thing that you do yeah um so I feel like I'm kind of always experimenting with ways to take get better care of myself and like love myself more I guess um so my process in going into a scene a lot of the time is you know taking notes and like having a pretty like ritualistic process and reviewing over the form and like you know, sitting down and thinking about how I'm going to curate this scene and I, you know, like light some candles and put nice music on and try and like de-stress myself through that process of trying to decide what I want to do with this person. And oftentimes I'll go into the ritual chamber, it's like on the time of my session and I've got 30 minutes before and I look at myself in the mirror and I just say really nice things to myself out loud. (laughs) I love it. And, you know, I'll just tell myself that I'm that I'm talented, that I'm good at this, that I'm a good listener, that I'm kind, that I'm compassionate, and I'll just like remind myself of all of the qualities that I love about myself, and I find that to be always very encouraging. And after the scene, the first thing that I'll do right after cleaning up mm-hmm. is, you know, give myself a little hug and then enjoy a nice cigarette, and that feels so good right after yeah, the scene to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, like in terms of broader, like self-care things that I do, um, I do a lot of movement. I exercise a lot. Um, I try and like engage in like really meaningful relationships, especially meaningful relationships that I can debrief a lot of the emotions and things that come up around doing sex work, like people that I can really trust and that either have their own experiences with this that I can rely on for advice and support or just people who are going to listen to me and and, you know, like, just, just hear me out when I'm so going important. through some challenging stuff. Yeah, that's, like, really been super important. Yeah, so do um, you have, like, can you tell me about those people in your life? Not, obviously not specific, like, identifying stuff, but, like, like are they other, are they peers, you know, in the industry? Are they friends? Are they family? Like, who does that, what does that look like for you? 
Yeah, um, so I'd say right now my biggest support system is uh, one of my partners who does not engage in sex work uh, themselves, but has been like the most amazing person honestly ever. And I love them very much. And they are very, oh, they just texted me right now. Whoa. Oh, their ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's been really amazing and growing my uh, community of, of sex workers and kind of like having people that I can go to to talk specifically around like issues around like a difficult client or like how to navigate certain conversations or certain skills like there were have been many times where you've been that person for me Aww. and like I've I, I also know that like if I needed something I could probably come to you about it or anybody else at the ritual chamber Definitely. Um, and yeah I'm unfortunately no family that I can kind of reach out to for this kind of support but is supportive to me in other aspects of my life and I have to be quite secretive about all of this this work because I would I assume you know Middle Eastern family like is no <laughs> no um, but I, I'm very lucky to have the support systems that I that I have yeah and like not to say that you need to come out to your family that there's any right or wrong way that this can look but I do think it is important to have at least one person that you can truly just talk about stuff like that, specifically surrounding, like, you know, talking through difficulties you're having or challenges and have somebody being just a sounding board. You know, they don't have to have experience in the industry or anything like that, but just a sounding board and, um, you know, to help you kind of process, I think, I think is super, super duper important. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. For me, sometimes it has been my mom. <laughs> my mom, like is really great she's like the kindest person ever with the best intentions ever but like she can also she's got a really good bullshit detector so she's like oh no this person is a hundred percent taking advantage of you like this person wow. is this person is monopolizing your time or this person is taking advantage of you know whatever um, allowance you've given them surrounding, you know, something like she's just like, oh no, you have to, you have to nip that in the bud like ASAP. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do. No, you're right. I know, I, I know, I, I do. <laughs> but thank you for, you know, reiterating that to me. And these are conversations that you're having in specifics in regards to sex work or just like general mm -hmm. relationships? Like, no, wow, really? Sex, yes, I'm like, this one person is just DMing me all the time, like whatever, whatever it is, you know, and I'm wow. like, it kind of started like this. So they kind of think they can do this with me now, but I don't like it. And it's kind of annoying. And she's like, Oh, no, yeah, you gotta, you gotta deal with this ASAP. Know what you should say, you should just say like, <laughs> you know, and she'll like, give me examples of stuff of how to do it in like a kind of diffusing conflict manner and stuff but being clear and concise and like <laughs> asserting your boundaries and I'm like yes yes all of this makes sense thanks mom <laughs> wow that's I, I'm so happy for you and also so jealous like <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a conversation like that with my mom but for anybody else who's hearing this that doesn't have that relationship with their family you come talk to somebody else instead like it's okay yeah. my mom would literally disown me <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that's I think more often than that than not that probably is the case with sex workers like that they're not able to be open to their family but hopefully can be you know to a partner or a friend or yeah or a fellow sex worker you know yeah there's people out there willing to there's listen people. to us they're there 
Yeah, even like, you know, just online communities are huge too. Have you have you found that or have been taking advantage of that? Um, I haven't like made my way into a specific community like forum or anything yet, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are a couple of like people that I follow that I'll like regularly DM and like chat yeah. with that it's that's that's good enough for me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really all I mean. Just like the fact that you don't have to know these people. These don't have to be your childhood friends, you know. It can be like someone you've connected with on Twitter and can DM, you know, and li- and listen to you if you have something you want to ask or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, then I have definitely been taking advantage of that. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Awesome. Um, what is what Okay, one last question before I, before we sign out and I give get you to get, tell the people where they can give you their money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, okay, your absolute favorite thing about this work. Whatever comes to mind first. Oh, the clothes. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> the clothes. That's yeah, the the clothes. yeah, the clothes. Yeah, the clothes. Yeah. I mean, I could go all, like there are other things, but the first thing that comes into my mind is the way that my goddamn closet looks these days. Holy yeah. shit! And the way it those clothes so look on you. I'm oh, I look you. so hot. You I am wear so clothes. Hot. You wear the shit out of clothes. <laughs> Honestly, now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I look good. Okay, Mix Eris, where in the hell can we book you, give you money, find and follow you on the socials? Yeah, okay, so you can find me on Instagram at nonbinarydom, on Twitter at the nonbinarydom. You can find my PayPal information in both my Twitter and my Instagram if you just feel like sending me a little money. Mm-hmm. But. I would love if you went and checked out the ritual chamber and booked me a session, booked a session in with me, ideally a duo session with me and the Ooh. wonderful lady Pim. I think we've got our first duo happening sometime in December, which I'm really stoked about. Oh, God, me um, too. Yeah, but that's where you can find me. You're a content creator as well. Are we able to see where can we find all that? Yeah, so you can also find some contenty stuff on that non-binary Dom Instagram account, or you can follow my personal Instagram account at yaz.thehuman. Amazing. Awesome. For me, folks, you know where to find and follow me by now. I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Instagram, at the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube channel. It's the Bedpost Show. And I always like to say hi to the lovely lady who does all the original music on my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Mixeris, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Just a pleasure. Just an absolute (laughs) pleasure. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next time with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Good bye. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 